Hello and welcome to Enneagram and Coffee, the podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Jane Case, and I am so happy to have coffee with you today. I am continuing our series going through each Enneagram type in detail. I'll run through a description of that type, their motivations, fears, worldview, and more. I'll also give you common mistypes as well. So stay tuned if you are interested in type six, the loyalist, or if you think you could be type six, the loyalist. Before we jump in, I have to tell you about my workshop bundle that is on sale right now. If you are someone who wants help visioning and setting actionable goals for the new year and want to do so from a holistic place that takes all of your existence into account, not just your health or your pocketbook, but your actual life satisfaction, you're going to want to check out my New Year's bundle. This bundle contains my most popular workshop, the Goal Mapping Workshop, where I walk you through setting realistic but optimistic goals for your life and how to achieve them, as well as my Productive Progress Workshop, which talks through how to follow through with the goals once they've been set, how to make real-life progress on your big dreams. Bought separately, these workshops are over $100, but you can snag both of them this month, January 2020, for only $47. Link to the bundle is in the show notes. Don't miss it. Now let's talk about Type 6. So the motivation for our type six is that they want to have security, to feel supported by others, to have certainty and reassurance, to test the attitudes of others toward them, and to fight against anxiety and insecurity. Their fear is of being without support and guidance. Type sixes are aware, loyal, and hardworking. They often feel as if they were unsafe as children and didn't have adequate protection. They learned from a young age to keep their eyes open to potential threats as a way to never get caught off guard. Sixes contain a conflicted relationship to authority. While there is a comfort found in having a system or a group that they belong to, a place where they always know what's expected of them, there's also a rebellion to authority that they do not trust or respect, a fearlessness in the face of untrustworthy authority. Sixes hold a continued awareness of potential threats or loss of safety. This can look like skepticism of new people, awareness of physical threats or financial threats, And while I wouldn't say that sixes are walking around frantic and anxious and uneasy, I would say they are walking around with eyes wide open to what is present, but also what could be present in the future or hidden between the lines of what is being shared. Type sixes are prepared, community-oriented, and reliable. Now, sixes are in the head or the anxiety triad, which means they spend a lot of time analyzing and thinking through their experiences. They spend time in their heads, often focused on what could potentially go wrong. Six's main struggle is doubt, questioning everything and everyone and attempts to find some glimmer of certainty. They orient in the world with the burden that the world is an unsafe and threatening place. Now, because of this, they spend a lot of their energy focused on what can go wrong and therefore construct worst case scenarios. They are vigilant and constantly on the lookout for threats. I want to be clear that this doesn't mean that they're always nervous, always anxious. It often feels more like they're just prepared. Um, they seek out hidden intentions, on are on the lookout for who can be trusted, and what could potentially go wrong. In relationships, type sixes may find themselves asking a lot of questions, looking for the meaning behind what is being expressed, looking for evidence that someone can be trusted. Once someone can clearly be trusted, they may become loyal to a degree that they give away their own inner authority and preferences. Once a role or system is established, they're inclined to fall into place and do their best in that role. That doesn't mean that they don't question things, they don't bring up potential things that could go wrong, but they do want to do well in the role that they've been given or the role that they've taken on. 
and rest a type 6 moves to type 9. So they may find comfort in the pursuit of peace. They find ways to quiet their mind and explore the idea that they can go with the flow and accept what life brings their way. When stressed, type 6s may become more competitive and comparing like a type 3 in their lower states. They may start to take note of where they stack in relation to those around them. They may be less communal and more competitive. They could take rash action without thinking things through and may even attempt to rise to the top of their social ladder without considering if it's what they really want. There are two wings available for type 6, and those are 5 and 7. Now, we know this by now, hopefully. If you're if you're new to the podcast, though, I want to iterate that I believe that both wings are available to you no matter what your type is. So, yes, maybe you lean toward one and you hold on to it um, a little bit more strongly than the other or it aids you a little bit more than the other. But the goal to me is really to balance those wings out. There are skills and attributes that are helpful to you as your type from either of those sides. But if you do lean into one or the other, this is what it could look like. Now, when the five wing is dominant, you might find that the type six is more likely to trust their inner authority and trust their own authority and reasoning. They may also back away from confrontation instead of tackling issues head on, and they may move into their heads a little bit more and struggle more to take action. Now, when the seven wing is dominant, you might find that the type six is more optimistic and less inclined to imagine the absolute worst. They may be more extroverted, playful, and lighthearted, more able to laugh at themselves. They may seek escape into ideas or plans and may find creative ways to avoid confrontation that feel a little bit more playful. Now, there are three subtypes for every number in the self-preservation, social, and sexual. Now, this can add a little bit of flavor to each number. So the subtypes of six, our self-preservation six is going to be a little bit more family-oriented. They're going to seek to belong and be embraced by a safe circle of family or friends. They're more likely to present as a very warmly... They form social alliances and seek a wide network of friends. The social six is the counter type of six. So what this means by counter type is that their actions may not always match the motivation. So they could show up as another number in action, but be motivated by the six motivators. What this can look like for our, our six is that they can look like a type eight, which means they can just be a little bit more bold defensive. They may notice fear, but turn toward it with strength um, instead of of trying to avoid it. They may just run straight toward it and push through the obstacle. Then we have our sexual type six, which can be mistyped as a type one. They don't really tolerate ambiguity. They prefer black and white, right and wrong. They really prefer to follow rules and they lean into the role that is assigned to them. This type is highly responsible and dutiful. So finally, let's run through a couple of common mistypes. So Type 6 can get mistyped for type 1. The similarities here are that they're both dutiful, conscientious, and responsible. The way to know if you're a type 1 or a type 6 is that type 1s are less self-doubting than 6s tend to be. Um, 1s tend to be more decisive and less likely to take on the opinions of the group about how things should proceed. They tend to trust their own inner authority in terms of where to go, what is right, what is wrong. Type 2 is another common mistype. The similarities here is that they're both conscientious and concerned with others and how they feel. They're both compliant and helpful. The difference is is that sixes struggle with uncertainty, while twos tend to know exactly how they feel and what they want. Sixes are also more inclined to struggle with self-doubt than a type two might be. Type four is another mistype that can happen. The similarities here is that they can both lean toward the pessimistic side and maybe even toward the antagonistic side. Um, They'd be willing to make people uncomfortable in order to express their thoughts and their feelings and their concerns. 
Now, the big difference is that fours are less tuned into the needs of others. Um, sixes form community and friendships relatively easily, while this is a bit of a source of inner conflict for most fours. They want connection, but they pull away from connection at the same time. And then finally, type nines can mistype as type six or vice versa. The similarities are that nines can feel anxious, and both of these types can be very community-minded. But the differences are that nines tend to be trusting and assume that things were just going to work out. Sixes are often the opposite with suspicion of others and their motivations and awareness of what could go wrong. Nines are usually in general very go-with-the-flow type, whereas sixes tend to want to prepare, they have concerns, they have questions. I think it reminds me of that pretty common meme that's like, like, you know, I want someone who's like, along for the ride and they're like, well, I have questions. Is there food? Is, you know, where are we going? That's more of the six energy, whereas a nine might just hop in the car and roll with you. So um, that is all for our type six breakdown. Um, let me know if you have any questions. If you want me to do a common mistype episode with type six and another number, let me know. In the meantime, do not miss out on the workshop bundle. If you're someone who wants a little bit of help setting your goals, following through with your goals, it's the right thing for you. So go check it out in the show notes. In the meantime, I'll see you in the next episode.